Hey, what's up, Warrior? It is Jeff Anderson from WarriorLife.com, and welcome to podcast episode number 416. So let me ask you, you think broccoli can make you a better shooter at the range? Well, it can if you use it the way that I'm going to show you. Plus, I have eight more odd tools that you've probably never even thought of before as firearms training aids. And you can use them almost anywhere, anytime. Let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training. Urban survival. Close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Hey, what's up, Warrior? Jeff Anderson, warlife.com, Warlife Academy. Welcome to this week's podcast broadcast that we're doing streaming here. Um, you know, I was having some conversations with uh, a private coaching calls we have with our Warrior Life Academy members. And with the firearms questions that I was getting in, typically they're about tactics. Typically they're about different ways to do different things. Like how do you, uh, you know, like movement, getting to cover um, multiple, how do, you, how do you engage multiple attackers? Um, they're tactical type questions. And I'll answer those questions, but then I, I flip the, I start asking my own questions. And typically what that looks like, well, tell me about your training that you're actually doing. And most people are going down to the local gun range and they're, they've, they've got their traditional type training, right? Their lane training. And asking, well, how often do you train with your weapon? And inevitably, people say, well, not as much as I should. And when I find it that there are a lot of different camps out there where you have somebody that buys a gun for personal defense and they might get a, a few practice sessions in or somebody shows them how to use it, but they don't necessarily train with it. They feel like I've got the gun, I'll be able to defend myself. And then you have other people that do actually go to the range. Um, and that ranges, typically when I ask people, it's anywhere from on the good end, once a week. Somebody might just go every, every single weekend. Most people, though, are going once every month, once every couple of months, a couple times a year, and that's about it. And then I ask them about dry fire. In fact, we did a, a survey of our Facebook people a few years ago about like how often do you dry fire uh, using a weapon without bullets in it, whether that is airsoft or whether it's your own handgun that's completely unloaded or a cert pistol, some other training aid that, that mimics an actual pistol as closely as possible and using that for your, dry fire, uh, for your training. So we call it dry fire training, right? And in 100% of the responses that came back, not 99%, 100% of the responses that came back said, not as much as I should. And so while tactics are great and people, it's, it feels good to go out on YouTube and watch somebody perform some, some moves and learn how to do those. And you feel like you've got it because you have the head knowledge now. That head knowledge does you no good unless you can put it into place. I can watch a video on how to drive a Formula One race car and feel like, oh, yeah, I get it. It's a car. It's just like any other car. You just have to do these different, a few different things with it. But does that mean I'm going to be able to step inside of a Formula One race car and just take off and start and, and go win the Indy, the Indy 500, right? Not going to happen. So likewise, it doesn't matter what tactics you use. It's the stuff that you do outside. Uh, it's, it's the practice that you do that's going to prepare you for that day because you do not know when you are going to be attacked. You don't know when that attack is going to happen. If you don't know when it's going to happen, then you have to train for the eventuality that could happen tomorrow could happen today. And so are you going to be ready for that moment of truth? Because foundationally, you are your own first responder. 
your eyes are gonna be the eyes that your family's looking into when they're scared and huddled because somebody's in the house and you're the only one there to defend them. Or you're in the parking lot and you're, you're walking to your car and you got your, your kid or your grandkid with you, your spouse with you, and somebody ambushes you in the parking lot. That moment of truth right there, there's no police officer coming. There might not be any medic coming. There's no ambulance coming. You might be bleeding out. You might be intact right there. You're your own first responder for anything that you are going to, any threat that you're going to face. And so first responders, police officers, paramedics, on a daily basis, they're doing something to make them a better protector, a better uh, paramedic, a better police officer. Um, in the military, everything that we do, because it's our job, allows us to be more prepared for combat. It could be just be little things. Even our physical fitness in the morning makes us better in combat. Things that we do in our, our job specialty, training that we do, classes that we take, firing our weapon, the tactics that we use. Most of that stuff is done dry fire. Anything that we do with a weapon is mostly done dry fire, probably 90% of the time. It's very rare that you get bullets and you're actually out there performing, especially when it's tactics. Marksmanship, yes. Getting out there and making sure that you can put a bullet into a bad guy from 50 yards or 50 meters, you know, 100 meters all the way out, that's, that's marksmanship training. But the tactics that are around that are where you live or die. And so I ask you, how often are you training? Most of you are going to say, rightfully so, not as much as I should, because you can always train more, right? The problem is, is that people don't typically go down to the gun, uh, the live fire range. It's not very effective because you're shooting at a two-dimensional target. It's flat. It's not moving. It's not charging at you with a knife. It's not as realistic. You can't move from your lane. A lot of times you can't draw your weapon at the range. You, can, you can't shoot faster than one round per second. There are a lot of different limitations depending upon what range you go to. None of those are as realistic as they should be. And as we say, like in, in our academy, our neurotactical programming model that we use for all of our training, you have to remf your training. You have to make it realistic. You have to make it efficient. So it's you know, not long training periods. It has to be multi-sensory and it has to be fun because those are the things that with your brain, the way that the brain works, those skills are going to be wired together so they become instinctive. So that's how you do it. It's hard to do at a range because you can't get as much of those things again. That's why we tell people you should have your own, what we call it, we call it a tactical fun house. You make your own range at home. You have different types of targets. We have a whole course on this. You can get it for free. Um, we give it away during the, the Praxis gunfighting training uh, workshop that we do. Um, if you've never taken that training before, it's very, very good. It's free to, to join that. You can go to warriorlife.com slash Praxis and you can sign up for that. And inside of that workshop, we give away access to how to build your own tactical funhouse at home to make your training more rimmed, right? And there's a lot of cool tricks that you can do there. Even outside of that, there are dry fire tactics that you can train that you can even do at work, at school, watching television, using some simple tools that you can even find around your house. So with this broadcast, what I wanted to do was share with you some simple tools, some simple gizmos, things that you can buy or you might have even lying around that you can use to get in training no matter where you are and no matter how little time you think you have for putting into preparing for that moment of truth. Those five seconds where you've got to, that's going to live or die. Okay. So the first thing I want to uh, share with you are, these are some bean bags that I got from my cornhole game that I've got. And you can use any sort of bean bag here, or you can use tennis balls and juggling. So when you look at the dynamics of a real gunfight, 
you're going to be moving. You're not going to be stationary like you're in a lane. Your arms are going to be moving. If you're, if you are a concealed, if you're carrying concealed, you have to draw your garment. You've got to take your other hand. You've got to draw your weapon. You've got to maybe move obstacles out of the way. Maybe you've got your, you're holding onto your kid's hand. Maybe you're holding groceries. Your whole body is going to be part of the response to that attack. And so the more dexterity that you have with your hands moving through space, because you have to control this space. We talk about bringing the gun up into your workspace, right? Well, your workspace is all around you in a real gunfight. And so one way you can do that is with juggling. So with the beanbag, I like the beanbags because they're easier, you can grip onto them. And they also do take a little bit more dexterity when it comes to, because when you grab it, your hand's not going to be around something that's going to be harder, like a tennis ball. So what I tell people is just start out with two. And when you do two, you're going to find that, you know, you just loop one up. Everybody's probably seen, you know, clowns do juggling before, right? But even with two, you just got one going up and the other hand passes the, the bean bag to, uh, along the bottom to feed it to the next time that you're looping it up there, right? So this is one way you can do it. And then you can move up to three, which is going to, you know, if you ever see people do juggling. So now we're bringing them in there. I'm not a, an expert juggler. I'm going to break out the chainsaw now and everything like that. But you can see it takes a lot of dexterity to do that. But here's what I tell people. Even with two, the next step up from there, which is going to surprise you in just how much more difficult this is going to be, and I'm going to tell you about what the effect is here. So you're going to find that this is going to be relatively easy for you to do. Anybody can do this. Kids can do this, right? So now what I want you to do, though, is because if you notice, when you start doing that, you're going to notice that you're going to be watching the beanbags. You're going to be watching what you're juggling. That's not realistic, right? So let's remph this juggling tool. So what we're going to do is, I mean, when you're, when you're in an actual gunfight, you're looking at your target. Your brain wants to know, what is this guy doing that I have to respond to? Does he now have another weapon? Is he signaling to a friend? What is he doing? So your brain is automatically going to fix your, your eyes onto your target. And so looking at your gun is not what you're going to be. You're not going to be looking at your hands. So the next step up from this is going to be juggling without looking at the beanbags that you're tossing up and around. Now you've made it more realistic. Um, you're also doing more multisensory because now you have to use more of your fingertips in it because you, now you don't have the visual recognition that you have also. The next step from here is to go out further so that you're not juggling right in front of you, but you are looking straight ahead and you are seeing how far out you can juggle. How wide can you make your arms? This is going to help train your peripheral vision so that you can get out of tunnel vision a little bit more. So when you get that adrenaline dump hits, your, your, your vision is going to tunnel, right? So what you can do, though, is, uh, is training. This is going to allow you to broaden your, your vision, especially if you look at like a target. If I've got a target that I'm looking at, that's going to make it more realistic, too, because now I'm looking at the target. I'm juggling, looking straight ahead. Now I'm picking up peripheral vision. If he's got a buddy that, that's there, that's, I've got other threats there. I've got bystanders that I need to, to pay attention to. So I'm going to be able to pick up movement where I need to re, be able to respond to or keep that in account when I'm, when I'm, when I'm shooting. Okay? So there are some ways that you can, you can ramp out the juggling. Now the other things that go into being able to um, fire your handgun more effectively and be more accurate um, is your hand grip strength and, and, and recoil control. And so I asked my friend Masada Ayub one time, it's like, you know, a lot of these instructors talk about like 50-50, 80-20 firing hand to support hand grip. Like how hard do you squeeze the handgun to prepare for an actual gunfight? And his answer was, tight as shit. That was his response, tight as shit.
And he said, like, if you think about it, like you put a gun in a vice, if you put it, like you just wrench that thing into a vice, right, and held it down range. People talk about like trigger control and trigger squeeze and things like that. Like, basically, you put that thing in a vice, you can mash that trigger as much as you want. That gun's, that's gonna shoot straight every single time. So the harder you can grip the gun, the more accurate you're gonna be, the more recoil control that you're gonna have. And so crush grip trainers are a simple tool. They're very, they're very inexpensive. I like the ones that have a, they have like a couple handles on them here. They have a little dial on them to make them easier. I, I like these because if you have weaker hands or you're just building up your strength, you can bring it down to like the 10 kilogram and it's pretty easy to use. You can squeeze this thing together. You can actually even just use like your trigger finger and your thumb so you can work your different fingers because your grip strength doesn't just come from just a few muscles. Your hand is made up, your hand, your wrist, your elbow, everything is made up, all these tendons and ligaments and muscles that all connect to do a lot of different things to give you dexterity and strength in your hand. So the crush grip trainers here, I like these because you can really build up that thing. What you're looking for is about like a 15 second squeeze. You wanna be hold, hold on to that thing for about 15 seconds. You're gonna feel that all the way down to your elbow. Now one thing I learned also about the elbow, another tool that you can use are these exercise bands. So this is about a 12 inch loop with a knot on one end of it. I learned this in rehab because I had golfer's elbow down here on the inside of my elbow. Tennis elbow is typically on the outside here. Um, as I understand it, not being a physical therapist myself. But this thing worked really well with my rehab. Basically all you do is just hold, you've got a knot on one end and it's got about a 12 inch loop of an exercise band here. And all you do is just, you hold your palm out in front of you, you palm up and you put that knot so it's, the, the loop is hanging down, the knot is in between your thumb and your fingers and you just make a fist around that. So my palm is still up here. I hold the loop at around my navel. So those people are listening to the podcast. This might be a little bit hard for you to visualize. I recommend going and checking out the stream over on like YouTube or whatever. Um, and then here you just, just pronate your wrist inside, uh, like turn your wrist in toward the inside of your body and hold it there for about five seconds and release it and then come back. And what you're gonna do is you're gonna start to feel on the inside of your elbows. It's gonna make them much stronger um, and it's also gonna give your, your hand strength and your wrist strength all involved with recoil control. That's gonna help you build that up as well. Now, the other thing that you can use here, another tool that you can use for your dry fire training is to work on your finger strength. So we talk about finger, you know, trigger squeeze, trigger control, things like that. Well, especially if you've been out the range for quite a bit, um, your finger, you don't realize just that that has muscles in it too. It has tendons, tendons and ligaments. So what I like to use is silly putty. Now you can either buy like silly putty, uh, you know, 10 things of silly putty, or there's like a big putty that comes in this big egg. And you take it, you know, I used to play with this as a kid, but you take this and roll it in between your hands and make like a cylinder, like a cigar almost, about an inch to an inch and a half or so wide. Just about like that. All right. And then when you have this, what you're gonna do is you're gonna hold it forward, you're gonna put your, your finger on the end of that cylinder. And then you're just going to pull your, your trigger finger straight back. Flip it around once you, once you pull it in and go ahead and do it on the other end. You wanna do it nice and controlled, squeeze it back, then just roll it back out. Only takes a second or so, put it back out there and then squeeze again. You're gonna be amazed at how much your, how much strength it's gonna, it's gonna build in your finger because you're gonna feel it. It's gonna feel like you're actually getting a workout in there with the Silly Putty. So this is something that works really, really well. Also, you can also use this for 
um, for developing your, your hand strength so you can hold onto it and just grip it. So again, you're squeezing really hard. You can see that or, um, you'll, you'll, see, you'll see the tendons, the muscles, and your, and your forearms and everything just start to do that. And you just roll it, roll it back into a ball or just squeeze it back up and just squeeze it again, right? So very simple thing you can keep around with. You can keep us at work, at school, whatever. Now, when it comes to what you're doing with your handgun, again, your, your dexterity is going to go out the, out the window. So one of the things you want to work on is finger dexterity. It's not just strength, but it's also what you're doing with your fingers. You might have to clear a jam. You might have to reload. You might have to, you know, there's different things that you're going to have to do with your hands. So one of the things I like are poker chips. In fact, these are so effective that a couple of my friends actually give them out to people. So Chris Sinog is a Navy SEAL instructor. Um, you can check him out at chrissinog.com. And um, he gives away, he has these, these poker chips also. So is my friend Mike Ox. He's, I call him the, uh, the mad scientist of the tactical uh, firearms world. And he gives these out as well. And if you've ever seen poker players at the table, they do these little tricks with poker chips, right? Now you can also use about a, like a silver dollar or you can use a quarter if your hands are smaller. You can use a half dollar or something like that. But essentially, you'll see them just kind of flipping the, the coin in their fingers from finger to finger over top of, over top of their, their, um, their hand. Now, this does say, take some dexterity. It's going to be hard at first, and it's going to be very frustrating for you. So what you can do is you just got to practice it. So when we talk about REM finger training, the reason why we do the REM training is because that is how the brain wires these things together. So the reason why it's going to feel very frustrating at first because you don't have anything wired in your, wired in your, hand, wired in your brain um, with your hand to be able to provide you with the ability to do that, to have this dexterity. It's going to feel very awkward to you. But then you're going to notice that it's not going to take much practice for you to be able to have that dexterity. Then you can just do it. If you ever see the guys that are, I mean, the guys that are playing poker, they're trying to focus in on the game. So if they're focusing in on the game, they're not focusing in on their hands. They can do it without thinking. It becomes like kind of a fidget thing and allows them actually to focus more on their hand because it's connecting with the brain. So it actually has an effect on making you more focused as well. And so it's wiring all those, those, uh, those neurons together. It's allowing you to become more proficient at it. It's going to become easier and easier. You're going to be able to do it without looking at it. And it's going to be something that uh, is super simple for you to be able to do. It's a cool little trick at the poker table too, right? Okay, the next tool I have for you is, uh, for your dry fire training, is broccoli. Broccoli. Um, actually, not broccoli itself, but you'll notice that when you go to the grocery store and you pick up some broccoli, that it has this thick rubber band around it. I don't think I've seen too many other of the, uh, too many other vegetables that actually have these rubber bands. But... Um, when you're looking at your hand strength, there's, there's grip strength, but also every, like your hands do different things. So we grip things, so we, we, we pull our, our fists together, but we also extend them. Those take a different function of the muscles, the ligaments, and the tendons within your hand. And when you are controlling recoil on your handgun, that's going up, you're using all these muscles and the, the, the uh, tendons and ligaments are being used in different ways. You don't even realize it. So if all you're working on is your crush grip, like just being able to pull, pull the, uh, the, 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 um, the hand gripper together, then you're working one set of those. But just like you wouldn't go to the gym and work only on biceps, you know, you work your triceps also. They have different functions on your body. 
They do different things. That's why you have a bicep. That's why you have a tricep. They do different things. Same thing in your hand. But most people do not train the muscles, tendons, and ligaments to extend, to open up. And so one way you can do that, and you're going to really be amazed at how much more strength you get in your hand when you work the other muscles. So uh, with this, all you do is you take the rubber band, put it around your fingers. The, the further down your fingers you start, um, it's going to make it easier for you because you don't have as much, you don't have as far to go out. You make it harder by going up near the tips of your fingers and your fingers all start out where they're all together and then you just open up your hand and you're going to notice that you're going to see all the tendons and the ligaments like basically pop out of the back of your hand. You're going to see that happen. And then you're going to start, as you hold it there, you're going to feel the muscles in your hand that you probably haven't felt before. You're going to feel it in your wrist. You're going to feel it in your elbow. It's making your whole arm stronger for firing your handgun simply with these rubber, these rubber bands. Now, what I like are, uh, this is part of our Crush Grip Trainer Kit. They actually, they make these different, uh, these finger exercisers for this exact reason. They use them for rehab and things like that too. But essentially you can get, um, there's different strengths of these, like thicker bands, and you basically just use them, you just put your fingers inside of the little loops, and then you can extend those as well. And again, what, you want, what you're trying to do is you're trying to hold it open. That's where you're going to feel the most from it. But you can, you can start off just by doing a few different repetitions of it. Okay. So I like these, uh, I like these a lot as well. All right. The next thing, uh, the final thing is my favorite actually. And so some of you may have seen before those Chinese metal meditation balls, or they're called boating balls. Uh, hand exercise balls, but you might have seen these at the truck stop, traveling around, and at the grocery store counter in Chinatown. If you're, you can get them online, they're they're typically about like fifteen twenty dollars or so for these. They're typically made out of metal or some kind of stone, like jade or something. And the metal ones oftentimes have this jingle that happens. I don't know if you can hear this at all, but basically. They have this little like chime inside of them that can be used for meditation and things like that. I kind of find it annoying, but, um, but anyway, these things are meant to go around in your hand to stimulate different parts of the hand. So for Chinese health, there are different pressure points, meridians on the body, and this stimulates them and it has a, a health benefit for your body. That's why they started doing them. But it also works for dexterity as well as range of motion of your fingers too. So it's gonna make you able to shoot uh, stronger, faster, reloads, draws, you're going to have better, way better dexterity. You'd be amazed at how quickly your dexterity uh, builds up from using these. Uh, they're very, very good. I'll show you an advanced version of this here because one of the things about these, it does take, it is kind of frustrating at first. And just like with juggling, you're going to find that one way is going to become easier for you to be able to do. When you reverse it, you start to really rewire your brain. It's much harder. It takes a lot more coordination. <clears throat> And so um, that's one way that you make it, the next progression is you make it a little bit harder. Now the thing about these is that I don't necessarily like the metal ones if you drop it, which you're going to do, especially a lot early on, it's going to fall down and it's gonna hit, uh, hit a tile, it's gonna break a tile in your, so do it over like a bed or something like that where it's not gonna hurt something. But um, I've used these, uh, my friend Chris Sinog, Navy SEAL, um, has been using them for forever. Um, but I've used them so often and I like them so much 
that we actually created. Um, we've got the patent now for tactaballs. And so it's essentially the same thing with a few minor changes to it that allow that make them even better. So one is we made um, we have a silicone coating around a steel center. So they're going to be the same, uh, roughly the same size and the same weight as regular Chinese boating balls, but they are going to be, um, but they're going to be more tactile. So you're going to learn faster with them. You can also extend your range of motion further out because they are, you know, be, your fingers will be able to grip onto them a lot easier. So you're going to learn faster. You're going to be able to extend your range of motion, which is going to increase your dexterity, but it's also going to work the tendons, the muscles, and the ligaments in your hand, both with contraction and, and uh, extension. So you're using all of those at the same time, as well as the wrist all the way to the elbow and the shoulder. The other thing that we did with this was that we off, with the steel center is off-center. So the ball on the, in the inside is off-center a little bit. So it, it creates a shifting weight as you roll them around in your hand. So that's going to bring in the muscles, tendons, and ligaments in a different way because now you have to kind of balance them a little bit more. It creates a, a shifting thing where it's not, your, your hands don't get as used to it. So that's gonna be, uh, make it a little bit harder from there as well. The other thing with the silicone is if you do drop it in the kitchen, it's not gonna break a tile. The other thing with the off-centered uh, version of it is that when it falls, it's not gonna just keep rolling, it's gonna come to a stop as well. Um, the other thing that your people find with these, and we get, we get testimonies on these like crazy like people say I can't believe this thing actually worked I go and went to the went to the to the um, to the range and like my 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 draw times are faster my reload times are faster my shooting is more accurate people are amazed at how well these things work but here's how I use them every single day is that they're actually stimulating the neurons in your brain to make you more focused um, calmer and be able to think kind of deeper about things. So anytime I'm doing any sort of brainstorming, or even if you're watching things online, you're watching some tactical video on YouTube, just by using these, you are stimulating your brain to take in the information. So now you're making it multi-sensory, right? Remember REMF, realistic, efficient, multi-sensory, fun. So you are making it, you're, you're REMFing out your training just by watching videos and using something like the tactile balls or the boating balls at the same time. Because now you're taking it in visually, but you're using your, you're also doing something tactile, sensory driven. And so I'm not saying that it's gonna help you master like Formula One driving, right? Or uh, uh, any sort of like handgun tactics, but it is going to allow the train to be more uh, deeply ingrained into your brain so that when you do go to practice those skills, it is going to be a little bit easier for you, okay? Can I prove that? No, I can't, but I know that I focus so much more. Like um, if I'm pacing around and I have these things, I think way better you're gonna find the exact same thing. So if you wanna pick these up, you can, uh, Tactiballs, you can go to tactiballs.com and um, that'll take you over to where you can pick up a pair of these. We keep them really low price because I mean, I, they work with so much the different training from firearms and everything else, all right? All right, so those are just some simple things that you can use to be able to get in training outside of the range, outside of picking up even your handgun and using it. Now I wanna hear from you. So what are some other tips, tricks, and tactics that you have, other gizmos, other maybe even everyday items that you can that you can use that are going to help somebody become more efficient with their handgun, more tactically proficient 
with your firearm, all right? So please go ahead, if you're on one of our social media channels and you're watching this, go ahead and leave a comment where you, uh, where you see this post. Also, if you're just listening to it, if you're over on our blog, uh, where our podcast is, you can go to warlife.com, go to the blog there. You'll see there's a, the podcasts are there, they have a special section, or you can go to warriorlife.com slash podcast. Um, and you can go ahead and leave a comment there. We'd love to hear from you different things that you've found that have worked with your dry fire training, right? So go ahead and please uh, let us know there. Also, leave us a comment. Uh, please go on over wherever you're watching this, leave, uh, our podcast. We could really use the help in getting out. Just go ahead and leave a badass five-star review for us there. Let us know. Subscribe to one of our channels. If you're on Instagram, go ahead and subscribe there, or Facebook or YouTube. Um, we're, we're putting stuff out all the time, so please go ahead and make sure that you sign up there as well. All right, I look forward to hearing from you and until our next broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train and survive. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us and leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.